Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. For those of you who are, this is your first week here, <clears throat> you've caught us in the middle of a series uh, this month on marriage. And um, so we're, we've just called it, I Still Choose You, and we've been looking at what it means to kind of live out the vows to, to, to every day, to, to get up and, and to look at your spouse and say, guess what, I, I still choose you. And the truth is, is, is that this, this isn't just for married couples, it's that we, we see this, this, beautiful, this beautiful image of that, that <clears throat> Jesus loves the church and calls it his bride. And that we're the bride of Christ. When we begin to see this imagery, we get a stronger understanding of our connection with our Savior and of our connection with God. When we look at this, at this beautiful relationship of marriage, so whether you're married or not, we can all walk away and have takeaways this morning. And we've been looking at this concept every week. So if you've got your Version app open, you've got your bulletins, this is where we kind of kick this part off. That the love that we have for each other must flow from the love that God has for us. God's the author of this thing called love. And if we want to genuinely operate in real love, we're going to have to first receive love directly from God and let that love, His love, flow through us to the person in our lives. Now we all can think about when we first got married even those of us who've been married for a while, oh, it was so fabulous. We just couldn't wait for him to get home. And he just couldn't wait to get home. It just didn't happen fast enough. And everything you did was so exciting, even going grocery shopping. It was the best thing. Oh, everything was just so wonderful. Until you have to share. Now, with us, Bran didn't understand sharing the right way. We had a Which very... Which is, let her have all she wants, and I get what's left. What's wrong with that? Now, we had... I won't, we lived very well to be first married. I got a job. Bran had a job. We made good money for two people back in 94. Um, we didn't... We were not high on the, the correct term is high on the hog by any means, but we were good. And we, we did a lot. Our, we had very little bills, and they were very low. And what bills we had, somebody complained that they were too high, but they really weren't too high. <laughs> they really were low. Compared hey, to nowadays, they six, were really low. $60, $60 was a high electric bill. No, it wasn't. 60 bucks for happiness, not, not expensive at all. <laughs> and so we ate very good. He's now silent. Hello? Am I good? <laughs> all right. And so we ate very good, and we would, it sounds like I'm bragging or whatnot, and I'm really not, but we would eat, I'll just say we ate steak quite a bit. We ate steak a lot. A lot. But... When there's just two, sure. you can eat a steak, cook a steak for us. Now, Bran would cook the steak, and then he would put it on the plate, and he would get ready to portion it out. 
And he decided, without asking, that I would take a fourth and he would take three fourths. This big? This big. <laughs> and now I'm going to let you in on a secret. It hurt my feelings. How dare he decide how much I was supposed to eat? That is not okay with me. I wanted my half. I want 50-50, brother. 50-50. This is what this is about. And every time, every time he knew it was coming and I was ready. You better cut that right. And he would go to cut it and then he'd go. I yeah. understand. Yeah, new husbands, don't take it upon as your job to be in charge of her portion control. <laughs> bad idea. Very bad. Bad idea. Very bad. Now, I felt like he could have at least asked. He could have given me half and then taken what I didn't eat. Because it's what he does now. But, and he doesn't ever give me half, so let's, I gave up on that one. But he didn't even ask. I don't share well, especially meat. And he didn't even ask. No, I, did, I didn't. Oh, look at you. I'm, now I've got batteries. And so... Uh, <laughs> Wow, we're getting off to a rough start today. I told you, it's been, it's been one of those days. Um, but some, some things, it's, it's kind of easy to tell if you're sharing or not. You can look at the, who got how much steak. You can, you can look at, at the, the flow of the bills and, and the money. And you can, some, of the, some of those things, you can tell whether or not there's some sharing happening. But there's some things that are more important. There's some things that are bigger than that that we need to make sure that we are sharing on. Yes, the physical thing, yes, the little practical things we need to be sharing, but on a deeper level, we need to be sharing the real heart stuff. And so let's go ahead and look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Nothing exposed my selfishness. Like all of a sudden, having to share every decision every resource, everything with another person. There was nothing that I did that, that did not have some sort of implication onto her. How I deal with my physical body, well, if I'm going to be healthy or not, has an impact on her. First off, I'm a terrible sick person. I'm horrible at it. And so if I get, if I get down, then she gets all the load. Moms are awesome at pushing through. Dads are bad sick people. And so... But then for the long run, we want till death do us part. And we want that to be a long, long, long way away. And so, so many things that I even think, okay, well, this is my body. I can eat what I want. I can do this. That all of these decisions begin to affect this other person. And man, I tell you what, prior to marriage, I thought, you know what? I'm a pretty generous, 
understanding, sharing kind of guy. Until everything had to be shared. Everything. And then, man, I tell you what, it exposed it big time. I was very upfront. I'm a very, well, you know me. I mean, I'm just tell you like it is. I don't share. I've never shared. I'm an only child. I didn't have to share. And I got married, and this person wanted everything I had. My drink, my meat, my, I wasn't, I didn't lie when, to get married. You I hooked be him, being selfish, I hooked him. To get a Coke. You should be able to get your Coke and take a drink. No. <laughs> I don't like to even share my own space. And, and this is so true. Anybody who's known Cutie a long time knows she's got a really big personal bubble. She's just so, and uh, we used to tease that the, that the kids would go in to hug her, and they knew they had a time limit. And so they would go in, one, two, three, and then they would get out. And so we finally, found, we finally figured out what we're going to, as a family, we're going to get Cutie for Christmas. Now you can have all the personal space you want, babe. You can bedazzle it. We can put a little tutu edge no. on it. That's mm -hmm. so wrong. That's I'm telling you, it's perfect. I've been that big before. <laughs> it's perfect. Pregnant. <laughs> oh, Lord, I cannot handle that. Everybody then would stare at me. So in our first point, we say that you still choose to share your joy. God is the best example of a loving relationship, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Luke 10, 21, at that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise. Yep, that's what that says. And I have my glasses on if y'all can't. You have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. I want us to, to notice here that Jesus is filled with joy. Jesus is filled with joy through the Holy Spirit. And then he shares that joy back in praise to the Father. So right here in this little moment, we have this beautiful Trinitarian example of, of, of how life should flow. That Jesus is full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And then that joy comes back and spills on in praise to the Father. And it is this beautiful sharing of joy. As we begin to, to look at that and understand, that's what relationships should look like. That's the way it should flow. So my joy should be able to be poured into cutie and cutie back into me. In fact, when we look at this passage, this is a, as a relational pa passage of Scripture. And, and cutie just read verse 21. But we're gonna, if we jump back into verse 17, Jesus had sent out 72 of his disciples and told them to go out and to, to share and to declare the kingdom. And he sent them out in power. And he's talking to them when they come back and says, well, what, what happened? How did things go? And the 72 reply. And they say, man, even the demons 
came out and they trembled before us. The demons were subject to us in your name and they were rejoicing. And then Jesus comes in in verse 20 and tells them, says, hey, don't rejoice over the fact that the demons tremble. Rejoice over the fact that your name is written in heaven, that you have a relationship with God. And then right out of that moment where he tells them, look, don't, don't rejoice over how life goes. Don't rejoice over the power and your accomplishments. Don't rejoice over those things. Rejoice over the fact that you have a relationship with God. And then he goes right into that next moment in verse 21 where he is filled with joy through the Holy Spirit and brings praise to the Father and just lives it out and demonstrates what real joy is supposed to look like. In our home, as we have, we have actually, you know, pretty much grown up with our kids because we were so young when we had them. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that we have done since there were so many and you couldn't buy all of them a car every time they did something great was we did a hip hip hooray. And so we'd, so one of us would be standing there and some, the happy, excited person would share their news and one would say, three cheers for whomever, and we'd say, hip hip hooray, all of us. That's a lot of hip hip hoorays at once. And we'd say, hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray. Yes, we would. That was our sharing in their excitement, sharing in their, their, joy. their joy. And there's nothing better than having your team, your personal team there, cheering you on, celebrating with you. But as spouses, we forget that. Well, you're grown up. You're mature. You can handle it. Way to go, you. Pat on the back. Instead of really getting excited for the things that they're excited for. And we have to share in that joy. And it doesn't even stop at spouses. It, this goes on. This isn't just married people. It's to friends. It's to relatives. It's to, it's to everyone that's in your life. If they are sharing their joy with you, you ought to be so excited to share that joy too. Let's go ahead and look at John chapter 15, verse 9 through 12. And it says, as, it says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So see, already Jesus, from verse 9, has received love from the Father, and he's loved us. So that same thing, he flowed with the, with the love. Now let's keep reading verse 11. It says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. See, Jesus says that my joy may be in you. Jesus is wanting to share it, to share the joy that he has. He's showing us how this is supposed to be lived out and, and all of the wins that we have in life should be shared with one another. When something wonderful happens in life, the first person I should want to share that with is her. And, the, and as soon as something wonderful happens in her life, the first person she should want to share it with is me. And folks, you can foster that by, by one simple act. By paying attention. Pay attention. When they have a little win at work, even if it's a small one, celebrate it. 
When there's a little wind around the house, when there's a little wind with one of the kids, celebrate it. Well, we try to do this as a staff. We try to do this as a church. Once a month, we go around as a staff, as a staff team, and, we, and I ask, so what win have you seen here that maybe the rest of us have missed? What's, what's a big win? And we'll just go around. And our staff meetings every week, every week are not just a big cheering time. We do this once a month. But what we want to make sure is we don't get so caught up in the, in the stuff of doing church that we miss the wins that are happening, the lives changed, the people impacted. And we celebrate them even as a church staff and a church team. And so this is so, so important. Luke 1, 57 and 58 says, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. We need to share in one another's joy. This is one of the, the great things about small groups and small group ministry is it's in those places that you get to have some dialogue and connect with some other believers and begin to connect with some other people. And all of a sudden, the joy that you have, that you have a place you can go and share it. I'm so thankful that I, that I hear about people saying, man, I'm so excited to share with my small group this or my small group that. We've been praying for this. They've been praying with me on that. And, and man, things have taken place and some shifts have happened and some good things have, ha have taken place. And I'm going to share it with them. And we need to share in one another's joy. But we also need to still choose to share our hopes. Man, I tell you what, when, when you first get connected with one another and you begin to, to fall in love and, and all that, one, that's one of the things you begin to do. A high level of trust is to share your hopes and your dreams. To say, man, we've got life ahead of us and I would dare to tell you some secret hope and dream in my heart that maybe somebody else might laugh at. Somebody else may think I don't have the skill set for that. I'm not smart enough or whatever. But I'm going to let you into a vulnerable place in my life. And I'm going to share my hope with you. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. It says we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We don't boast in how big our bank account is. We don't boast in, 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 in how accomplishments or trophies or any of these different things. We boast about the hope we have in God. Why? Because there's a big hope. There's a big thing that he has for us. He has for you. He has for us. He has for your family. And we get excited about that. And the only way you can begin to do that is it starts right here. We begin to talk about what God wants to do right here. And begin to share our hopes and begin to share our dreams in that place. I tell you what, that's something Cutie's been awesome at our entire, our entire lives to, <laughs> together. Is, is when we got connected, if you hear week one, you know, or, or, or even last week that we were, I was involved politically and going to ASU and she was not, she did not care. And, and so um, as we got, as she came along, I was working campaigns and I was campaign chair for a few things and I was just busy, busy, busy. And man, she just jumped in. All of a sudden she started caring about things that she didn't care about before simply because they were important to me. 
And she's done that. As I was like, babe, I want to I wanna be able to, let, let, let's, do some, let's do some self-storage, let's build some self-storage complexes. She's like, let's do it. She supported me as we did that. Hey, let's do some rental houses. And she supported me as we did that. Hey, babe, I want to get my pilot's license. Oh, what do we need to do to help you get your pilot's license and do that? Hey, babe, I, I want to be able to do this. And Man, she was just always awesome, even to the point of not shooting me down when there was dumb things that I wanted to do. Like when I had it on my mind, I wanted to get a Harley Davidson. Now, there's nothing wrong with a Harley Davidson. It's awesome. That's right. Julie, you ride it, brother. But Brandon Clark on a Harley Davidson is a terrible idea. It's terrible. It is terrible. I, I get too focused. You have to be super aware of your surroundings. Um, my, my police friends know I'm not super aware of my surroundings. Um, it's me on a bike. It's a bad thing. And so I was like, cutie, I really want a, a Harley Davidson fat boy. I want a fat boy. I want to be a no fairing, rattle your teeth. I want a bike. And so she got me a Harley Davidson mug. And so got that. I drink my coffee out of a Harley. People come in and say, Brandon, are you big into bikes? I was like, well, I went through a dumb phase for a little while. I came to realization this isn't a good thing for Brandon Clark to do. And so, but cutie was like started me on the journey and got my little Harley Davidson coffee mug and that's as far as my harliness went and so but she was awesome she was awesome i was also smart <laughs> and knew that this phase would end soon <laughs> and i encouraged and prayed oh god <laughs> do not let that happen oh she told me if you get a bike you're increasing your insurance your life insurance is life going way insurance. up <clears throat> well it wasn't that I didn't have dreams or hopes of my own, but my job was to be the helpmate to him. And so I was busy. I was busy doing whatever it was he wanted to do to make it successful. I wasn't going to let something fail besides the motorcycle. I wasn't going to let it fail. I am not saying by any means that all women should lose all their hopes and dreams and take on their husbands. Men do not think that. No. Ladies do not think that. I'm saying that that's what was for me. My excitement came from that. That was my hope and my dream was to make our family and make his dreams and his hopes successful. And I, honestly, I had just, she was natural at it. I, it was a skill set I had to get. I sucked all the hopes and dreams oxygen out of the relationship. I had so many things I wanted to do and so many things I was excited about. And I've had to learn to, to say, hey, what's on your heart? What are, what are you thinking? What are you wanting to do? What do you see for our family? What, what are things are you do? And now, the, praise God, there's some, some hopes and some dreams and some things of hers that we're living out. And I've had to come in and, and, to, and to support. And so, and... Uh, it's exciting. She was the first one pushing for Celebration Church. I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's the truth. She'd tell me, I'd be praying about it and prayed about it for months and months and months. And she'd wake up every morning, are you obeying God today, Brandon? And I was like, I'm still praying about it. She's like, you know what God told us to do. And I was like, I'm praying about it. And so, but she, she's, she's awesome. She's awesome. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says... It, love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Last night I said perserves. 
<laughs> I've been so afraid that I was going to say the wrong word there the whole time. I did it right. And then Romans 15, verse 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See that even the scriptures and, and the encouragement they provide are there to give us hope. We ought to be a source of hope for one another. We ought to be speaking hope into one another's dreams. And when, when I would begin to get down or begin to, to think maybe things weren't going to be able to work out, she was a voice of hope for me. And, and, I, and I pray that at times that I've been able to be a voice of hope for her. But you've got to be willing to share your hopes and dreams. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, whenever you look at any marital relationship and the things begin to be, you can sense a little frigidness in that relationship you're not sharing your hopes and dreams anymore you're not doing it you're just barely talking about getting through life you're barely communicating enough to get the, the day dealt with much less dream and scheme two three four ten years down the road I tell you what have a moment years ago when we were dealing with some stuff that that <clears throat> honestly we'll talk about in just a minute that we went off and, and we did a, uh, a vision retreat. And we had our very first vision retreat. And we had a, had a little thing that we worked through, a little manual. And it asks you to share your hopes and your dreams. And in that place where we were frustrated with one another, man, I tell you what, that was a hard thing to do. Something that would have been so easy in our relationship for so long. That when things were a little bit sideways, man, it was tough to all of a sudden say, well, well, what are your hopes and dreams with our kids? What are your hopes and dreams with this? What are your hopes and dreams with, with the church and all of that? And all of a sudden, it was hard to talk about. And we need to make sure we do that. But to do that, not only do we need to share our joys, not only do we need to share our hope, but folks, there's another place we need to share as well. Our last point is we still choose to share in our pain. Now, Right after we started Celebration Church, um, about six months into it, the church was still very much a baby and required a lot of us and our team. <clears throat> and uh, the Clarks had a surprise. We weren't quite sure what to do with that. We were pregnant. Carson was five. We, we had decided five was it, five was enough, and... We'd always wanted five. And uh, so we, we mulled over the idea for a while before we really shared with anyone. And then all of a sudden, we were pretty excited about it. We very started excited. looking for stuff, and it was still very early on. And our first kids' camp, we had to stay home. And it was planned that we would be there. We were the leaders. We were doing this. And... I began to miscarry. Now, I'm going to tell you, I had five pregnancies before, and I never had a problem. And we didn't know how to handle loss. But we did pretty well that one. And when, since we decided that we were excited and all of that, then it began something stirred in our hearts. And 
So we got pregnant again on purpose that time. And we went quite a ways. And everything was good. And everything was going great. And one day, it was not great anymore. And so I had... It was right before my birthday, a few days before my birthday, and if you know anything about that month, it's a big month at our house. It's a holiday shared. It's on the calendar as a holiday. Whole month. And so we go in to visit with the doctor, and I went in by myself to get the news, and then I had to call Brandon and tell him that I was right. And he comes rushing in there, and he was racing there. I just beat him to it, and... Then we had to talk to the doctor about, well, what's our plan? What are we going to do? And Brandon had the wise moment of saying, can we just get through her birthday? And then we can handle this, but this cannot hit on that day. So we did. I went several days just knowing what was ahead of me. And I had to go into the hospital, and I had to deliver. And I left with nothing. I don't know how to do that. I didn't know who it was. It was so early on. I didn't know anything. I was lost. I was confused. I was empty. So empty. So the next few days went by and everything was okay. We, we handled it the next few days. Now that happened on a Thursday. Friday, everything was good. Saturday morning comes around and I wake up and everybody's gone. Bran had plans, and he took the kids, and they went to cheer this person on to do that and cheer that person on to do that. And I was at home by myself, and I had to pack up those clothes, and I had to pack up those toys that I had bought in excitement. And I sat in my living room screaming. I didn't know what empty arms felt like. But when you have a baby, whether no matter the stage, Your body knows what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be holding and loving and caring for a child. And I sat in that living room hating myself for what had happened. And I was alone. And it started weeks and weeks of being alone and having to deal with this on my own. Because I needed to grieve in my own way. And nobody was there to do it with me. There there are moments um, in life you wish you could go and and change the way you reacted and the way you handled things. And I was was a new pastor. I was trying to pastor this church. And um, I've done a lot of dumb things in life. Uh, Most men have. But man, I tell you what, if I could go back and I could change one thing, it wouldn't be a stock I bought or sold or anything like that. I would, I would go back and I, I would be the husband I should have been to her in that moment. Because I was hurting too, and I didn't know what to do with that either. And we had just bought a business, and it had a whole bunch of stuff that had to be dealt with, and we had the church, and, and, and I did what... What guys can do. And I just began to throw myself into work. And my work was good. It was loving on people. 
It was, it was studying the Word. It was getting ready to preach the next Sunday. This happens on a Thursday. I, I went ahead and I preached Sunday. I probably I should have gone away. I was there too. And taken my wife somewhere. I should have gone somewhere and I should have held her and I should have been with her in her pain. And I should have been there. I wasn't there. And because I wasn't there, she thought that I wasn't hurting. And we didn't share in one another's pain. She didn't know my pain. I didn't know her pain. And we missed out on something that God wants to be able to do and work in our lives. And I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Praise be to the God Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble that we ourselves receive from God. <clears throat> For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. And had I been there and leaned in and been a part of her pain and shared her pain and she shared my pain, it would have been so much easier for us to share in the comfort that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring to each of us. But because we didn't share, because I didn't share, she asked me, Brandon, can you stay home from work? I was like, babe, I got an appointment with so-and-so. I got to deal with this. I got to do with that. I'll take a long lunch. She didn't need me to fit her into my schedule. She needed to become my schedule. She needed me to be in there and be a part and lean into her pain. Folks, as couples in marriage, so many times these moments that can wreck a relationship if we will lean in to one another and to the Holy Spirit in that place of pain, I'm telling you, God can turn around and can bring what the devil meant for bad and bring so much good out of it. But if we isolate ourselves and we get into our corners and we try to lick our own wounds and you say, you deal with you and I'll deal with me, all of a sudden the division has already happened. It has already happened. Folks, this place, it's great. It's fun to share the joys and it's awesome to share your hopes. But people, we stay together. When we're willing to share our pain. When we're willing to be there for each other in that place of pain. As we close up, I want to read Isaiah 61. And this is the passage of scripture that Jesus quotes when he's beginning his ministry. And he grabs the scroll. And we're going to read Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Poor? That's a place of pain. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Pain. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Pain. Release from darkness for the prisoners. Pain. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Pain. To provide for those who grieve. Pain. 
Here Jesus says, I am anointed to go into the places of pain. To not run from pain. To go into it and begin to see things shift. To begin to see things. I want to speak to not just couples here. I want to speak to us as a church. Folks, Christians have been running from pain in our culture, in our community for far too long. We've shaken our finger at people who've self-inflicted pain and do all this stuff. Instead, with the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on Jesus, the head of this thing, to go into those places of pain. So guess what? We're going to find our deepest anointing and our deepest calling and our deepest impact when we're willing to go as a church and as a people into other people's pain. We can sit around on church corners and pat our backs for saying, aren't we doing good? Or we can be what we're called to be and go and to be there for in a place of pain. Why? Because it doesn't end in pain. To bestow, to bestow on them a crown of joy. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So where there was ashes, there's now beauty. Where there was mourning, there's now joy. Where there was despair, there's now praise. And they'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And that was what God wanted for me to do, is to be in there. I wasn't just your pastor. I was there to minister to her. There was no one else on the planet anointed to be a husband to her except for me. And for whatever reason, in that moment, I did not lean into her pain. Spouses, you have to be there. That's why our vows say, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, for richer and poorer. Because there could be some places of pain. Sometimes sickness shows up, sometimes worse shows up, sometimes poor shows up. And we got to lean into that place because God has an answer. Folks, our bottom line today is something you learned in kindergarten. But it's no less poignant. Our bottom line today is sharing is caring. Share your joy. Share your hope. And with the people who love you and are there for you, be willing to share your pain too. And then we would see the anointing that's on Jesus really begin to flow through his people. And begin to see the beauty for ashes begin to take place. Our main point still is the same. The heart of God continually says, I still choose you. Through it all. He still chooses us. And the times that we blame him, and the times that we think that we've just had enough, he's always still chosen you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.